Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Hey there, 10-Minute Traders, and welcome back to the How to Trade Stocks Options podcast, where we give you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And today, we've got a special guest on the line, Jack Roberts, the options expert from Simpler Trading. And Jack, hey, thank you so much for uh, coming on the line today. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast, brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com. Well, thanks for having me. Oh, man, I, I'm, I'm thrilled. Uh, I mean, the... The S&P has been on a rip-roaring tear for the last uh, couple weeks or so. Um, and, and I want to get your perspective. And uh, if you don't mind, could you just uh, tell us a little bit, of, little bit about yourself? Absolutely, sure. So I'm trading options expert at Simpler Trading. And what we do is we exercise the indicators that we sell on the website and memberships. But basically, I'm a moderator. So what we do is we go through different options, uh, different stocks that are really catching our attention. And we're paying attention to not only fundamentals and technicals, but we're also looking at macro situations, global pressures, kind of what the top 10 funds are doing as well, if they're shorting or covering. Uh, so we have a lot of data information that we go through. And so my history has really been uh, about 10 or 12 years now. And I started with just simply buying stocks and, you know, Tesla and uh, uh, what was that? Um, Axon, which was Taser back in 2014, 2015. So did really well, caught on to options really quickly in college and then found out that this is what I was going to do. And I've been doing it ever since. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I, I love trading options. I I can't think of uh, any other way to have as much strategy diversification as well as uh, the ability to, to pick your risk size and your probability of profit uh, basically across the board. So right. what's, what are some of your go-to strategies? Uh, my go-to strategies have changed after December of 2018, after we saw that 20% retracement. Mm -hmm. We saw also a dip in October. So right now what we're doing, uh, me personally, I should just speak for myself, I'm doing more of a long-term wide butterflies. I'm also doing uh, put credit spreads to the upside because I'm a short-term bull. But going into 2019, it's going to... It's, it's almost common sense that at some point in 2019, heading into the election, that we would see just another retracement, more volatility. And what we do know is public equities for at least the past couple months after December have been actually upgraded. We're seeing Boeing move to higher. We had a you know somewhat of a trashy Amazon earnings yesterday. We have Google reporting on Monday. So FANG is kind of mixed, and we're going to see that most likely tech is not going to lead us higher like they did in 27 and 2017 mm -hmm. and 2018. But right now, you know, dis consumer discretionary, any place where you don't usually spend money, those is, that's where you're going to find your weakness. I think where you're going to find strength is things like bonds, treasuries, um, you know, low risk trades. And like I said, public equities, the big 10 firms, they're going to lean into any weakness. At least that's what our data is confirming right now. Lean into any weakness as in selling that? Uh, buy more. Buy more. Okay. Yeah, value buyers, because right now what I call it the big fake out. So we're going to see in June or July, I think we're going into a continuation of a bull market as long as interest rates 
You know, we just listened to Powell on Wednesday. He mm -hmm. said he's going to take a breather. We're not going to see too much increase, which is great for the market. It's not the best for the rest of the world. Um, but right now, I think a short-term bull market is on the rise. Okay. Very interesting. So, so when you say not great for the rest of the world, why would that be? Right. So the rest of the world actually has their debt denominated in the U.S. dollar. So what that means is whenever you have a strong U.S. dollar, that means it's really hard to service that debt. So you have a lot of Southeast Asian countries, South America, even uh, South, and, South and Eastern Europe have dollar-denominated debt. And whenever you have a strong dollar, that means you have to pay your debt in the dollar, which weakens those countries' currencies. Hmm. So, like I said, we're going to see a strong United States at least until June or July, but it's really hard to service that debt if you're losing value in your own currency. Wow, interesting. That is the first time that's been brought up on the podcast, so I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so you're talking about why butterflies. Are these call or put butterflies you're getting into? Either one, and I'll tell okay. you why. Because the volatility is so great. We have seen a small decrease in the past couple weeks, um, but the volatility is so great. What I like to call these is your classic lottery play. So it's not a big deal if it goes against you. You don't lose much. Mm -hmm. But if it does go in your favor and you pin, let's say, a Tesla butterfly in two weeks at 360, you know, that's you could easily 8, 10x your money if right. those are... Right. So that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And for the podcast audience out there, so a butterfly, let's let's say we're looking at a, a 360 butterfly in Tesla. Right. Right. So uh, Taylor would be buying. I'm sorry, not Taylor. Jack. Uh -huh. Taylor's the other guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jack would be buying probably what are, you, what are you buying for the 360 butterfly? So it'd be selling the let's say selling the 380, buying the 360 and selling the 340. So $20 wide. You know, that's that's pretty standard, I think. Oh, for Tesla. oh wait, wait, wait. Are, are you selling the butterflies or are you buying them? Well, like I'm saying, either one. But in this case, we could sell. Right. Okay. And so okay. therefore, we're having kind of like a, a straddle situation. Mm -hmm. And so that's my lotto play. Anything within 10 or 20 dollars wide is fine. I'm also giving myself enough time. Therefore, if it goes against me, you know, there's a greater chance of it going into my favor. And I like 45 mm -hmm. days is my sweet spot. Oh, but yeah, other, I like that as well. But other than that, my other to my other point here, if you do want to have more of a one-to-one -one or two-to-one ratio, mm -hmm. a put credit spread, um, maybe not in Tesla because it's been shaky, uh, <laughs> but, but you know, you're going to see value buyers come in at Amazon possibly next mm -hmm. week on this weakness after earnings. And so right then, you're looking at an entry point uh, for a put credit spread um, you know, at the money. Nothing, oh, nothing really? too much more risky. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. When I do my put credit spreads, I really like to look around the 25 to 30 delta. That that seems for me uh, mm -hmm. something that fits in my risk tolerance. Now, actually, after having talked to Danielle about this uh, particular topic, I, I had typically gone between 30 and 60 days out, uh, similar to your uh, 45 day window there. Um, but she was saying that she has, especially with the, uh, the volatility in the markets recently, really condensed her time frames down. Have you also been taking that into account or not? Yeah, well, Danielle and I uh, are the same in a lot of ways and in, and somewhat different in our trading styles. You can do both. Uh -huh. um, at this point, you know, a great example about going into a three to five day swing trade would be, uh, you know, fading the VIX, right? So we saw, you know, a 21, 22 VIX two weeks ago, and now we've retraced down to, you know, the lower, you know, I think we're at 1678 or 17 today. I haven't checked. 1645 uh, at the moment. Yeah. 1645. Thank you. Yeah. So right now, what I would love to do 
and I'm probably going to do it today, is continue to go long VIX. So I would buy some calls at the money. Um, now, another thing that we're doing that I'd like to touch on is we are watching, um, believe it or not, the cannabis sector. So we have mm -hmm. Cron, CGC, ACB, which is Aurora, which has tremendous upside potential in 2019. Um, but we're watching out for the short interest in there. So it's really expensive for big funds to borrow. It's expensive for them to short the stock, right? right. And so what happens and what we've been watching and it happened at least twice or three times already here in 2019 is where you get that bull squeeze. So, you know, you see a downturn in the in the stock, those shorts are losing and it's costing them way more, much more money. And so what you see is a nice catapult move to the upside. And that's what we're playing long calls, uh, either in shorter time frames or longer time frames, depending mm -hmm. on your entry point. Uh, but really, really paying attention to that because it's that sector is growing and there's real money now you know billions. yeah okay so so on that topic i've looked at, at at names like tilray and 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 uh others like that in that industry before but the options were super expensive is that still the case it is the case yeah especially okay. with places you know especially like tilray um they are expensive but there's good value in a few so acb is going to be one of your cheaper options because of smaller stock price right, right. so your margin account will allow you uh, to get more bang for your buck or get more exposure because, you know, what are we floating around seven or eight dollars today? Something like that. Oh, I don't know. Um, I haven't looked at ACB yeah. before. Let me pull it up real quick. Oh, ACB. it's fine. Aurora Cannabis. OK, yeah, 732. So 732 is basically kind of like, um, you know, you're at this at this point, especially before earnings, you know, anything is looking good right now in my perspective. And I love following these things. I don't uh, usually fade them to the short side, even though you can. Uh, that's just, it's not my personality because usually if you do find that momentum, it's going to continue in for the next three or four days. So, okay. Gotcha. And it doesn't right. always happen like that, but you know. Yeah, no worries, no worries. So, what are some other than other than cannabis and bonds and treasuries? Uh, what are some some sectors or some names that you're looking at right now? So, I'm paying attention to healthcare for many reasons, but I could just tell you two off the top of my head. So, I'm long XLB. Uh -huh. I'm long Pfizer because of their new cancer treatment. So, they're getting kind of they're not getting out of Viagra. Obviously, who would ever want to get out of Viagra? But uh, <laughs> but um, you know it's they're jumping in to a life-saving category and Pfizer has so much money and such a balanced uh, budget sheet that they're, they're three years into cancer treatments. And so I see, especially with baby boomers retiring, starting now into the next 10 years, I mean, where we're going, we're going to go through the largest transition in wealth that the, mm -hmm. that the, public has ever seen within the right. next five, five or 10 years. So I'm looking at Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, Merck. These are all the heavy, heavily weighted stocks in XLB. I'm also looking at other opportunities that are more basic and fundamental to America. Like where do you spend your money? Well, Dollar General, Home Depot, Target. Um, you know, these are not consumer discretionary. Hmm. People go there all the time. We're also long like Walmart, CVS and Walgreens. So uh, now I will say there's probably a few out there that would say, hey, we're in a bear market. Why are you talking about going long? Well, also, I'd like to just as a side note, 
I'm not particularly long on 100% of what I'm talking about. It's what I'm paying attention to. Right. And I might be doing something that is a little bit more uh, riskier, but taking advantage of any swing to the upside, to the downside. Because we are still, you have to remember, we're still in a volatile market. So, Yeah, interesting. I had not heard that perspective on uh, healthcare, but I like it. Uh, well, I have an, uh, one more thing I forgot to mention, Chris. Yeah. So there's an interesting, there right, we so go. what I was going to say about Amazon is they could, per, it's a very interesting story what's happening. So what does Amazon have? They have probably a hundred data points on everybody as far as right. you know, what size of pants you wear, what size of shirt you wear, what, what do you brush <laughs> your teeth with? And they've got all these data points. Now that's scary to some people out there, but what that means is they can, they have a head start while jumping into what I call the Amazon prime of healthcare. Mm -hmm. So, and they're planning on this. This isn't some, there's, there's no uh, weird excuse why they have a $500 million contract with Crystal City, which is five miles away from the Pentagon. So they're not, a, they're not really spying. They're basically collecting information to help and people aren't understanding that. Now that's one, that's one perspective and I'm sure there's plenty that disagree. Uh, but I would rather have the option after going to the doctor and messing with healthcare in modern times, at least for the past four years, I would much rather have a on the spot treatment and, and Amazon with their infrastructure, they can easily do that. They have Alexa. You can easily start having, at least in 2019 and 2020, the, the overall story here is healthcare could move into your home, meaning a doctor could come see you, you know, <laughs> And this is a this is it sounds far fetched, but I've done so much research that it's really not. I I you know what sometimes some of this stuff scares me, but this is this is really interesting. It's a very very uh, different take on anything that I had heard of, but uh, yeah, that's very curious to me. Okay, love the idea of of the healthcare for that reason. Love the idea of the uh, the Amazon going forward. I mean. Honestly, uh, I mean, there's there's two Amazon boxes on my doorstep right now. I mean, basically all my paycheck goes to them, uh, thanks to my wife. But yeah, so yeah. Do the millennials. Yeah. Well, yeah. the other thing is like people think that 1660 is is very expensive for Amazon. I'm sitting here going, no. Like so, 2000 Amazon. Yeah, at the moment it seems expensive, but you know, after earnings, <laughs> we're down 75 points today, I think. And there's no doubt in my mind that if we do make that transition and Amazon pivots into healthcare, they don't even have to pivot 100% into what I was talking about. But even the smallest thing like in-house medical delivery, uh, in-house doctor consultation, this is where mm -hmm. they're spending their mm -hmm. money. They already have Amazon Web Services. Like I said, they have the infrastructure. It's a matter of being a prime healthcare member or not whenever they roll that out. Oh, okay. Well, that'll be good to, to know ahead of time and take advantage of that. Okay. All right. Interesting. So another thing that I've been paying attention to is our um, our employment status, right? So oh yeah, uh, and in the past, and this is kind of a driver for me to create a new per, or create a fresher perspective. Um, so employment numbers, they're they're great, right? Mm -hmm. They're amazing. They're tremendous. They're tremendous. <laughs> all right. So. Yes, they're low. In the past 50 years, we've seen the lowest unemployment rate. And that's not only probably not true, um, because they're not accounting for two things, discouraged workers, and that's mm -hmm. a huge number. And they're also implying that Lyft drivers, Uber drivers, independent contractors, where you call it a side gig, 
mm-hmm. they're considering that employment. Well, after a while, those side gigs that are being converted into full-time jobs are not sustainable, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm thinking is, yes, I think the numbers of unemployment are still pretty low, but we're still pumping out at least hundreds of thousands of graduates coming out of college with yep. an internship. Right. Um, right. And that's not a sustainable way of life. So what I'm talking about is this great transition from baby boomers into Generation X and millennials. Mm-hmm. So what what you could possibly see, and I, well, let me back up. What you're already seeing is some baby boomers don't have enough to retire. So there's already a piling on of job applications from those that are 60 years and older. Right. Um, so jobs are scarce from a millennial's point of view mm-hmm. because there's not much opportunity. There's an opportunity gap and there's a wealth gap. We know about the wealth gap. And we're somewhat conscious of the opportunity gap. Okay. Uh, this brings up an, a, a topic that uh, somewhat related I, I've been having with a, a few different colleagues this week. So student loans, right? The hot button topic across pretty much everybody who knows anything. I'm looking at it from, um, from a different perspective than I think most people are, I guess. You, you've got these graduates coming out of school, and, and I know several that are coming out with potentially six figures of debt. They're looking at a job that pays 50 to 60,000, and they may or may not pay that off in the next 10 to 20 years. Then you're looking at Silicon Valley firms uh, that are foregoing looking at the, the shingle, the piece of paper and what institution is written on it, and going more of the, can you do the job Here's an aptitude test. Have you taken this course? Um, do you know this skill enough to do what you need to do? And I think that overall, it, the economy is going to shift more in that direction where it's it's less important on where you went to school, more focused on what you can do. And I think that would help out the millennials in that case. But that's, I, I'm just thinking broader terms here. We've got this massive piling of student loan debt what do you think the outcome of that will be? Okay, so two things. One, student loan debt is definitely in the billions of dollars. How can that be sustained by a generation that likes to have the experience but doesn't have enough money to pay for it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And then also you have to consider that expensive college is actually a product of the 90s whenever yes. legis- legislation was passed that you are, you know, the idea was, quote unquote, your children should be fortunate to go to college whenever Mm -hmm. they boosted the prices by at least 300 percent. So now you're paying 30 grand a semester or a year to be going to college, which you may not have a guaranteed job. So I hear everything what you're saying. And I think we're on the same page, Chris. You cannot sustainably pay back debt that has piled across Uh, the money that's coming into you by 10 times. So Mm -hmm. there's a sense of dislocation and a sense of wandering in the finance, you know, in the millennials wallets. Um, Also, you have, you bring up a good point about, you know, finding a skill and moving in that way instead of, you know, doing the four years and getting your undergraduate and what liberal arts or whatever it might be. Right. Right. And so you have a good point where, Okay, what's more common or what has more common sense attached to it? Go to college and come out with debt or pick up a trade and excel from there. So you're also seeing a like a 
an analogy or you can compare this to the 30s and 40s where, yes, if you had a trade, if you picked up a trade and you worked every day, that was that was your money. Otherwise, uh, you didn't have any other opportunity besides going to school or something. Mm -hmm. But back then it was worth it. Now, millennials are, quote unquote, woke. (laughs) Woke AF. (laughs) Woke AF, exactly. And it's really it's it's sad. It's um, it makes me uncomfortable. It is affecting millions of people that are losing opportunity. Mm-hmm. I mean, to your point, student loan will be one of the biggest crises we have in the next five years because you can only you can only uh, advance. Um, how do I say this? You can only do this for so long, right? Mm-hmm. You can only put a bandaid on something for so long. Uh, You have to get to, so, you know, and this brings in our election for 2020. You know, this could be very interesting if you get that base of millennials that are saying, hey, we're fed up, we need enough, and we're hoping for some type of change. Um, But you're right, student loan is one of the bigger topics that's being ignored. And Yeah, I've not seen much coverage on it lately at all, really. Uh, but it's, it's something I, I'm, I'm definitely considering, um, you know, I, I'm thinking about like skills, trades and things like that. Uh, it has evolved, right? It used to be plumbers, electricians, uh, welders, things like that. Now you can take a course for coding. You can take a course for trading or something like that. And you've entered into a new arena and you're, you are just as apt to do the job correctly as the guy who went to, uh, SMU and has, $95,000 in student loan debt, and he has his master's degree, but you could do the same job that he does. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's uh, something people should be aware of. Well, here's the tricky part, too, and to your point, is, okay, so you can have student loan, and that can just pile up in your face, right? And it right. already has. That's what we're talking about. But on the other hand, credit has been, you know, like a credit card, has been very low and cheap. So, you know, I don't know about you, but I know a lot of millennials are getting letters in the mail for like Sophie account loans, Mm, like $10,000. You're right. We've all seen that in the mail. And that they that is an attempt to be cognizant of student loan date. They're saying, okay, well, credit's still cheap. Let's go ahead and give them a chance and try to make some money back. And that's exactly Mm. what they're doing. So lower rates, good. But for the long term, you know, a lot of people don't pay off their loans. So you have mm-hmm. student loan to, you know, and on top of that, you could take out a personal loan to try to pay for that. And at the end of the day, you're still piling on that debt. Uh, but, you know, credit's been cheap. I think this is where this ends. I think in the next five years, you're not going to see anything like that. Credit cards are going to be um, more expensive. It's not going to yeah. be like what we've seen in 2010, 2020. Right. Yeah, that, that's going to be pretty interesting going forward. I know uh, I'm just looking at my kids and where where things may lead for them. And I really think, you know, we we had the generation of people driving cars and, and the infrastructure and everything around that. Uh, then we had the generation of everyone going to college and the infrastructure around that. Well, pretty soon the car is going to be driving us. You know, what what is our education system going to evolve into? I think universities, they need to get woke. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, they definitely do. You know, it's a shame what's happened to uh, our universities. I mean, it's you can still get, a, quote unquote, a quality education. But, you know, we're talking about a major life change whenever you come out with hundreds of thousands of dollars right. worth of debt. Yeah, it's just it's it's it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
um well cool uh jack I, you know that's that's everything i want to cover today i know we got a little off topic with uh with the student loans and everything but i i i feel this is is important and plus it's a uh it's a, a finance-based uh broadcast as well i mean i i work uh in the finance space beyond just trading i've been doing this for uh over a decade now so these are the kind of things that i talk about to people all the time so yeah, anyway, Jack, uh, you know what? I'll wrap up there. And really, thank you so much for uh, for coming on to today's podcast. Look forward to having you on in the future and getting some more of your, your perspective on different things. I would love to come back, Chris. Thanks for having me. Maybe next time we can uh, touch on digital assets next time. Oh, that sounds really Ooh. interesting. Not just assets, but digital assets. I like it. Okay, cool. So that wraps up today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Make sure you come back tomorrow for more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster, trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode. Hey, thank you so much for listening to today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. I know you're a listener, but are you a watcher? Make sure you head on over to YouTube, type in 10 Minutes Stock Trader, and subscribe to the 10MinuteStockTrader.com YouTube channel. Every week, I upload all the podcasts as full videos, and that way you're getting the full 10-minute trading experience. That way you can have all the tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter. Make sure you subscribe to whatever podcast app you're listening to, and leave me a five-star review if you don't mind. That would be fantastic. And whenever you're done with that, head on over to 10minutestocktrader.com and download the one-minute options trading quick start guide. It'll give you all the tools, tips, and tricks that I use in my own portfolio, and it never gets outdated, and it will apply to every single options trade out there. So I think it'll be pretty useful for you. And while you're there, check out the free portfolio page. That'll show you everything that I've traded over the last year in full transparency. And since you're on the website already, check out the free trading course. In this free trading course, I give you every single thing that I know and use in my own portfolio, and I definitely think it'll help you out too. And then after you're done there, head on over to tastyworks.com and sign up using the code 10minute, that's 10-M-I-N-U-T-E, and I'll send you over $150 in free 10-minute trader exclusive bonuses from 10minutestocktrader.com. And most of all, thank you so much for letting me be a part of your day. I really appreciate the fact that you and I have connected today and that you've chosen to put me inside your earbuds. That means the absolute world to me. And thank you so much for stopping by. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Yule, through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. TimInstockTrader.com and Christopher Yule are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice, tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. TimInstockTrader.com and Christopher Yule are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker-dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit 10minutestocktrader.com legal. And thanks for stopping by.